You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Hey, hey, welcome to a new episode of Gay Side Stories, where the gay shit goes. I am your host, Trilificent. Thank you so much for joining me for another week. As always, you guys, quick reminder, you can listen to this show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app, whatever that may be. Please remember to use the hashtag GaySidePod when you are live tweeting or posting about the show. Also, if you can do me a huge favor and use the hashtag PodsByQPOC also when you're tweeting about the show or posting, that way people can find other shows and this show that are hosted by queer people of color. Send in any correspondence or mail, letters, show topic ideas, stories, whatever it is, send it over to GaySideStories at gmail.com. And now let's start the show. So I am joined by a young multi-hyphenate. He goes by the name Philip Johnson. You may have seen him on the interwebs or you may have seen some of his creative endeavors on YouTube. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. <laughs> no, no problem. No problem. Thank you for reaching out and I'm ready to have a good conversation. Hopefully I'm ready. All right. So we're not going to waste any time. Question. Creator of black sex in the city. So because of that, you're a major creative and we want to talk about your art. I always like talking to people in the community and that are doing things the way you are. So the queer query this week is going to be a little different. Instead of the random questions, we're actually going to spend it talking about your film company. Okay, cool. Filet so, Films. Sounds good. All right. So first question, what made you want to start this company? Um, so I actually have been doing the web series Black Sex in the City for about three months when I decided to start the company. And this time, it was June 29th on 2018, on my 23rd birthday, that I started the company. And I really just reached the point where I was understanding the fact that I needed to take myself seriously in order to take the initiative to do all the things that I needed to do. And I had also watched Beyonce's Year of Four documentary. And it was a lot, around the time when she her dad and decided to be an entrepreneur. And just it really was covering that time and just really inspiring for entrepreneurship. So I said, fuck it, I'm just going to do it. I want to make this even more serious. I want to show that I'm very serious about this show, not only the world, but myself. So it really was just important for me to start my 23rd year that way because I just feel really inspired to gamble on myself. Always bet on yourself. I think yes. I saw Billy Porter just said that in an interview. Mm. Okay. Yeah, it's very important too. Very important. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. if you don't, who's going to, you know? Right. I think that's something that a lot of people get caught up in they're hoping or they have tricked themselves into believing that in order to make that dream come true or to chase after it, someone else has to bet on you. Oh, no. And I definitely thought felt that way when I first got to New York, 
even from advice I was getting, because a lot of people, I think, overemphasize the importance of networking. I think networking is important, but it was overemphasized to me to the point that I really felt like w the most important things, just making sure or just hoping for some miracle person to just show up and just carry you to heaven, carry you to the clouds, to your dreams. And, you know, life just ends up teaching you that it's the networking only helps if you're also putting in the work. So true. So speaking of putting in the work, you're doing so now. So I want to know what kind of mark are you looking to make on the entertainment industry? I'm looking to just make a very unique mark to me. I want to be able to utilize my my personality and just my creativity on screen in the fictional worlds I create, they're very unique in a way that is just very compelling for audiences. So I really want to be able to just create art that is so high quality that it's able to help black LGBTQ people, especially have more representation on screen because I think that it naturally is an uphill battle because, you know, a lot of the times there's going to only be straight leads. And if there's gay characters, you know, it can be like the token gay person and, you know, just, you know, more of a token situation. There's not many gay leads and stuff like that. So I just really want to, you know, be one of the gay black creators working to um, get us onto screen get us because i think that thing good things are happening like i don't know if you've seen super bitch the guy with the pink boot heels who does all the superhero stuff that's funny on social media he has snoop dog literally reposting his stuff of saying that he's super gay's biggest fan and so it's really just showing you that over time the world is changing and gay lgbtq whatever you want to say art and humor and just like entertainment is really being embraced in a new way. So I just want to be able to continue that momentum and help out that movement with my art. So since you mentioned the art, let's dive a little bit deeper into that. So talk a little bit about black sex in the city. You know, what is it about and maybe wrap that up with how you felt about it ending which is okay. just recently ended, what, like a few weeks yeah. ago, right? Yeah, it was on December 27th. <laughs> okay, yeah. Bro. So, yeah, almost a month ago, almost yeah. So Black Sex in the City is a comedic web series on YouTube, and it's really just about dating in the 21st century and big cities, but, yeah, dating in our current day and age. And so the first season consists of completely unrelated episodes. Each of them covers different topic regarding dating or life and it's just you'll see each one is very standalone and very funny and dramatic in their own ways and i play different characters in each because none are connected and then in season two there is a storyline and the theme of season two is technology's impact on dating and life in the 21st century so each episode has to it has a certain theme that connects dating and technology and a storyline in which I play the main character, Julian, and Black Sex in the City is just a great ride. It's I think that um, looking back on it, you know, it just it definitely is just unique. It's just, I don't know. I haven't really seen anything like it. So I really love it. And 
enjoy it. And I was, I actually felt at peace with it ending. I had felt the whole time, like when I ended it, I was going to feel a negative way and just feel so upset about it. But the reason I'm ending it is because I'm moving to LA next week. And I really felt, I felt at peace because I got the show to where I wanted. Because the whole time, my focus was never on how good things had been. My focus was always on how can I get better and improve the crafts because I had never done anything in film before. So I was learning the whole time. And when I got to the last episode, I told myself, I'm going to make something right now that makes me feel complete peace with it ending. And I was that satisfied with the finale to the point that, yeah, I felt I felt at peace. <laughs> you know, that's a good indication that you accomplished what you wanted to accomplish with the product, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like sometimes we can be in turmoil about something ending because maybe we didn't get everything we wanted or it didn't turn out the way we wanted it to. But to be truly at peace, especially with something creative, because it almost feels like it or it definitely feels like it takes on a life of its own. It's like watching a, a little plant grow. It definitely does take on a life of its own. And the reason why I especially, because I would have kept it going, but so Black Sex in the City, the way that it started in the first place, wasn't really planning for it to be a web series and be a show. I had just started, I knew that my goal was to get into TV eventually, but I just, you know, I was taking the slow route, I felt. So I had just started a YouTube channel after blogging for a few months. And then I was doing a lot of random things and Black Sex in the City, just like the first episode is, it was gonna just be like a little, you know, YouTube talk show type of thing, talking about topics on screen, whatever. But then the second episode was the first one that was scripted and the audience loved it. So then I invested in a camera and equipment and that's when it even became a web series. And before it was just going to be one of the many things I was doing. So I was really happy with what I was able to do with Black Sex in the City and how popular it did end up getting. But then it got to the point where... Um, my next vision, I was ready for the next vision for the next show that I'm creating this year. And it takes so much time to execute a show that you really have to, especially while working nine to five, you have to make choices. And the LA move and everything with the timing, it all worked out that I needed to start executing this next show for 2019. So I'm excited. Yeah, it sounds like big things are happening. So you actually, I want to say, partially answered my last question. And that was just a teaser of what's next for you and your company. So oh, okay. we've already heard that you're moving to L.A. Is there anything else that you want to share about what you have going on next? Yeah, so my plan is to, I'll just tell one of the things on my vision board um on my vision board for 2019 is monetizing the creative passions. I essentially am ready to, you know, fully make fillet films. Like I want to get a deal, you know, it's time to get, it's time to really expand the operation. I was learning for the first six months and accomplishing a lot. And now the goals are focused and that is why I must be in LA. So there will be a new show. There will be new shows. Fillet films will be stopping no time soon. 
So, yes. Yeah, that's good to hear, and I'm wishing you luck on that. I can't wait to see what you crank out and how L.A. treats you, or better yet, how you treat L.A. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you. (laughs) So, we're going to switch gears a little bit because now it's time for the main topic. When we talked about you coming onto the show, I was very adamant in my mind that it is very important. And I do want to talk about your creative endeavors. I want to talk about Philly films, but I also wanted to give you an opportunity to just have a regular conversation and let people see a little bit more, maybe peel back the layer a little bit and let people kind of get a feel for your personality outside of acting and writing and directing and everything else that you do. Okay, mask off. Yes, indeed. Okay. <laughs> and you know what? That's apropos because for the main topic, we're going to be talking about being your authentic self. So, yes. so mask, it's very- off, mask off indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so first up, how would you personally define what it means to be one's authentic self? I believe being one's authentic self is being who one was as a child. When I think about how to be my most authentic self and how to just not let situations take me away from my character... I think, who was I as a kid? Because I can remember back to that. And I'm like, I need to fight to feel like, you know, the innocent little kid again. Because I think that's when we were authentic, when we were innocent. So I definitely agree that innocence plays a big role in how one perceives oneself and the world. And it is easier to do so when you have that because when you think about children it's their innocence and it's their maybe even to a degree their naivete that yeah makes it where they don't have a filter like because they don't know any better yeah but at the same time it is magical not knowing any better and kind of learning as you go whereas when you become an adult you you're set in your thinking and you've gone through so many things and it warps so many things about your psyche that you just don't have that same mindset. It's very difficult to capture that. And it's almost like most people who go down this path kind of settle on an adult version because you can't recapture that innocence from childhood. It's really sad. <laughs> it is. It is. You know, I feel like it's a flaw in the design of life. <laughs> we is. need more time to have that, even if we're quote unquote grown. But that's why I focus on every day. That's one of my big things that I do focus on. Like, I try my best to live like a kid or, or like to live like a free dog. But I mean, naturally, life makes that hard at times. But that's Absolutely. what I do go for. Absolutely. So for me, I think part of the definition of being one's authentic self is, and maybe this is because I'm a little bit older than you and I have more adult centric view or realist view, if you will. I think it's just truly being comfortable in the skin that you're in. But in addition to that, being comfortable with the environment 
around you. Uh-huh. Because you can't be who you are comfortably. You 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 won't have that level of trust if you number one don't trust yourself. If you don't know yourself, then you're not going to trust yourself, but also it's the environment that you foster around you. Right. Friendships, that's relationships with family, that's whatever your work situation is, dating situations, sexual situations, having that comfort bubble around you. You know what? A good way to sum it up, I feel being your authentic self is having the wherewithal, the confidence and everything else that you could think of that goes into how old white men feel in the gym, in the locker room, and they be just walking around naked as hell. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like if I, I could sum up what is your happening. authentic self, that would be that's the good summary of it. Having that, that feeling, it, they and be that, authentic as fuck. Yeah, oh. they too authentic. You're like turn that I down, know. turn it, turn I, it down. They really don't give a fuck. I don't know something about being rich, maybe. <laughs> or just privileged, even if they're not rich. Right. Rich in privilege. Um, and I think also uh, part of one's authentic self for more of a deep meaning is self-awareness. Being self-aware and employing discernment, I think, is a good indication that you're at least on the path to becoming your authentic self because you don't mind having those difficult conversations with yourself. You don't mind snatching your own wig, hairline, <laughs> you know, man weave, whatever it is. You don't mind tugging on it a little bit to improve yourself. And I think that that's very important and a probably maybe a stepping stone to getting to that true authentic self. I think so too. So what do you think people should consider when they are walking or thinking about walking the path to their authentic self? What kind of factors should they take into account? I think that they should take it day by day and they should think every time that they're just like making a decision throughout the day, it's just about how it makes you feel. Is this stuff that is only positive and like fueling Fueling you to just feel natural, feel your best self, because the way that you feel is going to tell you exactly how. Because when we are not our authentic selves and we're letting, you know, pride or whatever else get the best of us, we don't feel well. So, I mean, a lot of the times, sometimes it's not because you're not being your authentic self, but a lot of the times you are kind of resisting whatever it is. So I think that you need to consider your feelings at every stage and just trust yourself to just know what's best for yourself and for everything to work out. Like, and that's your environment, kind of like you were saying, trust your environment, trust that, you know, God, the universe, whatever you speak to, whatever speaks to you, just trust that you and it will work everything out. So I think it's about trusting yourself because yeah. that's, I think, the hardest part sometimes so oh, absolutely absolutely yeah uh, some things that i would say people should consider when walking this path one i already mentioned and that's that it's going to be uncomfortable and depending on your individual path it may even be difficult it's not an easy thing to in- achieve any level of enlightenment, but especially the type where it 
feels like you really, really know yourself and love yourself and are comfortable with yourself. It's hard to get to that point, especially when you factor in things like socialization, again, the relationships, your environment. There's a lot to wade through to get to that point. Mm -hmm. Uh, Something else that I think is important to consider is that this is potentially a time consuming process and it it's an ongoing process. I don't know if you ever oh, really yeah. stop because the older you get, the more you change, the more you discover Experience. about yourself. Exactly. You have the more trauma, uh, but the more great things, the yeah. more everything. Yeah. The it's, more, it's more, <laughs> it's just, it's more Not and more and more. Dang. So it could be a long process. You could have a lot of, like you were mentioning, trauma. You, you could have a lot of trauma that you have to work through. And so it may take you some time. It may take you some years. It may take you some intense therapy. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Therapy is real in, too. It needs to be. It's a very good thing. I know therapists and psychiatrists, they are booked and busy, okay? Because people are going. Yes, sir. They need to be. <laughs> yeah, they do. They we all. I that's definitely on my list of things to like eventually do. Yeah, me too. Or get back to. Um, and the last thing I would say is, you have to be cognizant of the fact that not everyone around you is going to support you on this journey. And oh, really? Yes. That's just in life. Yeah, but I've seen so many examples of people getting to the point where they're starting to recognize that they can do better and they're educating themselves so that they can do better. And the people around them are like, no, nah, I ain't with that shit. Cause they don't like the change. They don't, you know, pe- yeah. those, you have to be very, very wary of those people that do not give you the space to change as you evolve as a person. Yeah, you know, because I think that that's a lot of the times one of the things that we grapple with. It's difficult. The fact that every human is to an extent um, sensitive. And one of the hard parts about the human experience is that conflict with other humans is inevitable. Even your own mother, like, you know, humans as a race, just even animals like everybody, you're only going to really truly be at peace and completely in tune with yourself. So that's why I've realized how important self-love is because there's some days where you can feel 100% alone in the world, especially I live away from home and, you know, no family or just, yeah, I, I live away from home. And so there's days where I am completely like, wow, I'm alone in this world. And I've become at a point where it's almost comforting because at least I have me, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people don't get to that point. It's very difficult to be able to say, I have me and not on some because I don't have any other choice. Because there's a a distinct difference between saying I got me because ain't nobody else going to have me. And I got me because I got me (laughs) because I'm that bitch or I'm that nigga or I'm that whatever. You know what I mean? Like that's that's a distinct difference. Yeah, because I mean, I I definitely, you know, I'm. Wrapping up my New York experience, I've been here for one and a half years now, moved here right after college graduation, and I can definitely say that I've had some of the loneliest times of my life here at times. 
there were times where I was, even when it was cold last winter, I would not be going out and doing much, and it was a difficult time, but I definitely think it in some ways developed an even deeper self-love in me. So, I'm yeah, I think it's really, that's why one thing I'm really passionate about is how important it is to just, no matter what's going on in life, be able to step back and be like, look, all I have me here, so I got all the refuel that I, or whatever I need to recharge, I can do it right here, you know what I mean, so. Absolutely, absolutely. So, I think you may have kind of catapulted us to the next point of the topic. Oh. Or. Maybe not, though. Maybe, maybe not. So do you think that you've embraced your authentic self? And if you have, what benefits have you experienced? I believe that I have. And I also am very conscious of ways that before I was not. And I think that what it's done for me is since I'm able to embrace it and just publicly and just be very open and be in a lot of ways an open book or just still a closed book in ways, but because I'm not afraid to just talk more honestly about, you know, ups, downs, whatever it is, I feel more free to just be a human who is not perfect because I feel like just because of childhood and the way I kind of was ever since I was really little, I had this obsession with perfection and 4.0s and just doing as well in track as I could or whatever else and allowing imperfection in my life and just not being as much of a perfectionist and living with more of the right side of my brain too, it has really helped me to, I can't even, it's hard to express, but yes, is all I can say. (laughs) Okay. No, that's fair. That's fair. Yes. It's hard to explain. Um, for myself, I'm going to say I'm still working on it. Like I'm definitely a late bloomer and pretty much all facets of life. It seems. Um, but, I can say that I feel like I may have gotten on the journey a little bit before I started this podcast, but this podcast is one of the things that has kept me on it because Mm -hmm. having this creative endeavor, and I've never even really considered myself creative until I started doing this. And even then it took... I don't know, seven, eight, nine months before I was like, oh, I guess it is kind of a creative thing. And it's not just me <laughs> talking. <laughs> oh, God. Glad you realized. <laughs> I told you I'm a late bloomer. Okay, don't judge me. I'm not. I'm not. But um, I feel like it was a little bit before that. I, I just remember waking up maybe January of 2016. So about a year before you know the podcast um i woke up i literally woke up on january 1st of that year and i was like shit gotta change (laughs) and i really started having those conversations with myself about what i needed to do to change things i examined my environment because i had to 
make sure that I was fostering an environment that would nurture me and this journey that I was going on. And it's been uncomfortable that self-awareness and even it's almost like you, you get to different levels. And so I get to a level and I think that I'm done. It's almost like playing a video game. Like you get to a point, you beat a boss and you're like, okay, I'm good. I'm done. And then it's a whole new level starts and, and, and it's harder than the first one. And you're just like, well, how the hell many levels is there? Mm. So that's kind of where I am with it. And I feel like, as I said earlier, it's an ongoing thing. So I'm not yes. even looking at a end. I'm not looking for the light at the end of the tunnel. I don't even feel like it's a tunnel. Like now it feels like wide open space. It feels like embracing the light, if you will. And I don't mm -hmm. think that that's something that necessarily is going to or needs to end. Because, like I said before, I'm still learning things about myself. I'm still figuring things out, trying new things, learning things that I didn't know I liked because I never tried it. Being honest with myself about things that I don't like and and being honest with myself about situations and whether or not they're working for me, relationships and whether or not they're working for me, all kinds of different things. It's just been a... a I won't say a roller coaster, but it's definitely been a steady incline. And mm -hmm. to be honest, this process is, and I think I've talked about this a little bit in previous episodes, but this process was instrumental in me even relocating from Houston to Seattle because I really had to sit back and examine, like, what are you doing with your life? Are you doing what you want to be doing are you experiencing the things that you want to experience and i really had to sit there and look myself in the mirror and be like you're not you know it feels mm. like life is just passing me by and having that uncomfortable yeah. realization and had to sit back and have that conversation with myself and it was just like i had i came to the conclusion i was like there is not houston is not feeding me it's not feeding my soul it's not feeding my life Right, And I need to be open to this possibility. Now, I do feel a little bit like the universe was like, it just kicked me out of the, out of the bird's nest. It was like, either you're going to fly or you're going to die. Right. But I've embraced it. And, I, you know, again, it's just, it's an ongoing thing. It's an ongoing journey. And I'm here and, you know, I obviously I'm... I may be struggling in the air, but at least I'm flying. You know, I didn't fall splat when the universe was like, get out the nest. So it's good. It's good. You know, you know, I hear that it's most important to just have that blind faith while up in the air on the flight, not just when landing. So, you know, that's really what we all have to focus on being up in the air like, oh, I'm taking risks or because the future is always uncertain. Right. But one of the things that I think is important for us to do is embrace that uncertainty with excitement because new blessings always come. So there's no reason for us to not focus and dwell on the blessings that are going to come because, yeah, the bad, hard stuff will come. But, I mean, might as well not focus on it. So I definitely I definitely feel your journey and yeah, we are all 
we are all experiencing similar things. So I know the audience is resonating with it all. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully in a positive way. And y'all are not triggered <laughs> because <laughs> you haven't started doing the work. <laughs> it's, it's, it's work. <laughs> it really is work. You know, it's it's a job. Yeah. Honestly. yeah. Mental health, self-care. It's a job. Yeah. It, honestly, truly, 24-7. It involves saying no, just staying, staying really true to whatever, you know, you know is best for you. So Right. Or learning what's best for you. Yeah. That's true, too. That is true, too. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so let's switch gears a little bit with all of the visible inclusion in the media. And you mentioned this a little bit when you were talking about Filet Films. Um, of LGBTQ people specifically, do you think that society has truly changed enough to make it easier to be oneself? You touched on it a little bit earlier, but we can dive a little bit deeper. Easier? Yes. Do I think that it is easy now? No. Mm-hmm. I I don't believe that it is. I I don't really talk about this, but... It's just one of the things I feel like we all know that just dealing with black sex in the city is that, you know, me making art as a black LGBTQ creator, the LGBTQ component is definitely a very, it's an obstacle to overcome. It makes you almost have to work harder. You know how they say, um, you know, black people have to work, um, you know, however many times harder, just half the value and stuff like that. It gets like exaggerated even more when you're an lgbtq creator so do i think that it's easier now yeah do i think that there's still work for us to do yes and i think that what it really comes down to is you have to make your art unavoidable undeniable and so that's why what i focus on at every step is to make the art of what i'm doing so quality that no matter who watches it even if it's not their type of thing they just the fact that they can look at it and know like okay this is good this is quality this is this is talented work because there's all types of artists who i know that they make talented stuff and yeah sure i may not watch it all the time but you know the key is getting um is just getting that talent recognized from lgbtq creators because when others are in or enjoying the entertainment, like how, for example, Snoop Dogg was over here posting the videos of Super Gay, showing all this support of him. Super Dogg, one of the d- y'all get it. So because it's already just to have a good old straight hood nigga promoting to his millions of followers, and he's been around for a decade. It de- definitely is stuff like that is important, and then. The guy who is now making an action movie with Super Bitches the Star and stuff like that. It definitely just shows you that it's becoming more normalized in ways to be gay, LGBTQ, whatever, in um, our society. And I even heard that a lot more um, LGBTQ people come out during high school now and like middle school, which wasn't... It, I. I'm 23 now, and when I was in high school, that's not how it was. Most gay people, you might have known they were gay, but they were definitely staying in the closet. 
because even if you were gay, you were like the one person and it was it was very taboo. And now it's just more normalized for younger people to already be out. So and I think media really affects that because I came out to my mom when I was about to turn 20. I was in college. And this is when Empire came out. And, you know, Jamal had his whole magical coming out thing on stage in front of millions or whatever. And that inspired me to come out to my mom. So this stuff really impacts because it normalizes it when you see it in the media. I agree. I'm sorry. That was a mouthful, but I'm very passionate no, about this topic. <laughs> <laughs> I see. But no, you are absolutely right on all of that. I, I definitely do agree that it is easier, but that does not mean it is easy. I think right. with each generation, it is becoming more common, like you said, and a little bit more acceptable. Now, granted, there's that sect that is shrinking, but the more that they shrink, the louder they are with their dissension. But yeah. as far as the youth embracing themselves and their identities and just the knowledge is definitely mm -hmm. improving, but it could be perfectly normal to be LGBT and know at a young age, but I don't think it'll ever be easy right. to be in tune with your authentic self and that goes beyond just the lgbt identity mm -hmm. i want to make it's, sure that that's clear that even, yeah because that even as you were saying this one of the things i was thinking is how it also was a very big deal for Issa to have a show insecure on hbo where two dark-skinned black women are the leads because, right. you know, just in society, you know, Eurocentric, whatever, it definitely has, it has real effects on how things go. Eurocentric features and the mainstream media, like, it is an uphill battle as well for chocolate women because, you know, even, I mean, we love Beyonce, we love Kelly, we love Michelle, we love them all. But, you know, Kelly always got some flag for being the dark-skinned girl. And it's like Issa and Molly got to both be, you know, the Kellys who are bad as hell, great as hell in a show starring. So I think that in a lot of ways, you know, there's pioneers in all communities who are doing a good job at getting their talent recognized. Yeah, I agree. Like, go, like against the odds. Yeah. And I think it's I'm glad that you said that because it just kind of highlights my point of there's a lot of different levels, like I said before, to this journey, because, again, it could be LGBT. It could be colorism. If you're in the, in the uh, black community, it could be transness. It could be uh, I don't know. There's there's a, a lot of different things. It could be just finding your own path in life. Um, maybe you're in a culture where your parents have a very heavy hand in what it is that you do with your life and breaking free of that sometimes, if that's what right. you choose to do. There's so many different ways and so many different things, and it could be an infinite combination of things that you have to work through in order to be able to stand up and say, I know who I am. I'm comfortable with that. This is and I am the best version of me because let me be very, very clear. 
Because if your authentic self is a piece of shit, no one's applauding that. <laughs> right. Okay. If you get down to the root of who you are as a human being and you're not a good person, which you would be able to admit if you're truly doing the work and you're being authentic, then that just means you still have work to do. Yeah. I can't imagine that we are built, we are designed, we are here in this plane of existence to be evil. Exactly. Naturally, anyway. Like, if you do, if it's just exactly. a, because I feel like people who are like that, they don't need to do that work because they, they embraced it a long time ago. But if you peel yeah. back the layers and you get to that point, there you, you took a wrong turn somewhere, I would say. But no, no, no snaps for you being you know, like, okay, well, I've I've done the work and I've decided that I'm a super villain. We don't we don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> like you need to do some more work of that. Yeah, conclusion. Yeah. You are not at the. You are at the step right before you see the light, so you need to get through the darkest hour of the night. All right, last question is one of the true or I guess first barriers of being your authentic self, the self-imposed rules and barriers and things of that nature that people put around themselves. Like, do you feel like you have to break through that before you can work on other things or is that something that kind of happens naturally? Dang. I honestly, Oh, gosh, that's hard. It's like the chicken and the egg. Um, mm. Dang. I'm trying to think, even when I was a kid, were my same barriers still my barrier? I think it is society. I think we don't even put them on ourselves. I think we allow society to impose the rules on us. Like, we, there's certain ones that society's trying to get us to, and we don't go with all of them, but certain ones do stick. I think that's what it is. Because I think if we lived in the wild alone, maybe we would never become that way. But who knows, though? It, that, this is a hard question. I'm sorry. I'm getting off to this trippy answer. This is not answering a damn thing. <laughs> no, I, I, so I agree with that. But I think that depending, maybe it depends on when you're starting the journey it depends on what part of your life you're in because right. if you're younger when you're still impressionable then yeah it'll be it'll most likely be you versus the instilled rules boundaries barriers culturally because you're young and that's how society works is the old teach the young Right. So that's a different journey if you recognize early on, okay, y'all teaching me some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and I need to spread my own wings and do my own thing versus I don't know. Later on in life, let's say in your mid to late 20s or in your third hell, even in your 40s or your 50s, somewhere later in life where you've had enough time and had enough experiences and been exposed to enough different people that now you can't say, well, society 
it made me like this. Like there would still be things I'm thinking specifically of like cis head men and all the rules that they put on e on each other and themselves. But then at the same time, you have to be, and that's why I say you have to be that honest, uncomfortable conversation because you have to be able to say, yeah, society puts X, Y, Z on me, but some of the things that are put on me by other people I've embraced and it's part of my everyday and I believe the same thing. So now I have to look at it like, let's say toxic masculinity, for example. Toxic right. masculinity is put on young boys at an early age, almost out of the womb from Dang, it all is. facets of people, not just men, not just women, not just straight people. There's so many different ways that that is layers. Put. There's layers. Yeah, yeah, it's layers. And so let's say at, I don't know, 13, 14, you start fighting against that and you start rebelling because in your mind, you're like, these things that y'all are teaching me are whack. That's different to me. And that's a different journey. And then if you are 41 and you've been on Twitter and you've been dragged so many times on Twitter because your views are antiquated and people getting you together. And then you say, you know what? This was put on me because I am a male in this patriarchal society. But I have to be honest with myself and say, well, there were things that I that was put on me that I embraced. There were things there's privileges of being a man, especially a cis head man that I embraced. And now I have to be honest with myself and say these things that I've been imposing on myself because I embraced them at an earlier point in my life now i'm self-imposing this on me because i don't have to keep doing this i don't have to keep being that creepy dude who feels like every time i talk to a woman it has to be sexual that's something that was put on me but at some point i was like yeah that's what i'm supposed to do i'm a man i've i'm decided i'm a man and that's what i'm gonna do now i can say okay you know what i fucked up right. i should not have embraced that I didn't know any better. Now I do. So this thing that I've been putting on myself, I can lift off of me now. Because I think that then the one thing that might even complicate that process is that then I think that if someone is to truly, truly, fully um, get to the point where they do realize they're wrong, I think that maybe then the shame of realizing how wrong they are then just keep like i'm trying to figure out what could keep people in the because there are people who i see on social media who i've known in life who have had shitty views for decades and it really makes you wonder what is it that keeps them there you know my, my answer to my, everything is uh discernment and self-awareness <laughs> everything starts with self-awareness because again if you're not aware and education, let me let me say that too. Because if you are not aware, if you're not even open to the idea of someone telling you this thing that you've believed for the past it's, two decades of your life pride. is fucked up. <laughs> you I know, guess it's pride. Yeah, it's it's pride, it's it could be shame, it could just be cowardice. 
Well, it could get them red to fill. So, well, <laughs> that's gonna happen anyway because that's just exactly. how life is. Exactly. <laughs> you know, because so. I the thing I was gonna say about all of this too is that you have to have the courage when you do this work because some factors are never going to be lifted off of you, like the societal pressures of womanhood, of manhood, of where children's place in society are. Like society is never going to take his heel off your neck. That societal foot is always going to be on your neck. So now you have to say, am I going to fold to that pressure or am I going to be bold and be like, you know what? I'm good. I'm going to do my own thing. It's very important. Right. But I don't think you can be your authentic self and be on that journey if you don't have that courage. Because you can sit there Mm -hmm. and wax poetic all day about what kind of person you are and get to the root of your being. But if there are things that you need to do, there are things you need to change. There are things that you want to change, but you don't have the courage to make the changes. You're going to be stuck there. Mm -hmm. And now you just I don't want to say wasting your time because it's good to be knowledgeable. But if you are not using that knowledge to fuel action, then what are you really doing? Exactly. So because one of the things that I, I forgot I had thought one of the issues is habit. When people get into habits, it can be, be difficult to break them, which is why I think people can stay in their negative thinking for so long. But it's all about starting. Yeah. You will not know until the first time you start. So people need to start their journeys because once they start, you're more likely to finish once you actually start. So I mean, a lot of times that's the barrier people don't want to have to face that difficulty of changing a habit that's been built up over decades exactly but, or like going against because we don't have time to wait yeah that's 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 real or going against what your mama said because you know you your mama is the most exalted high and it's like okay mama can be wrong though right Period. so yeah i just you know, my main takeaway from this is that it's, it's not easy, but it is worth it for someone who is in his mid thirties that is on the path. It is worth it. Like there's been a considerable just change in my life when I really started embracing. And the reason why I said what I said before is because I've been there. I've been the guy who's sitting here and who's doing the mental gymnastics of this work but wasn't putting any of that to good use. Mm. And it's been a very big difference now that I've started to put it to use. Some ways I chose to, some ways were kind of forced on me, but it's all been positive or I've made as much of a positive out of it as I could. Right. It ain't easy. It ain't easy being, being real with yourself. It's not. It 100% is not. It's way easier to be real with other people. Be like, now let me tell you where you got fucked up, bitch. It's like, this is how you fucking life This is the advice that I will not be taking. Thank you. Well, I think that is going to wrap this up, Philip. I had an awesome time having this conversation with you 
Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate this opportunity. And I think we had some good talks because this is important stuff for even us to always keep ourselves, you know. This is just uh, authenticity is key because this is what gets me through my lowest times. Like if something difficult is going on, I will focus on what can I do to make sure that I'm staying true to myself to get past this. Yeah. Because that's how it's got to be. So I agree. I think it's very important. Uh, tell people where they can find you on these interwebs. Oh, you can find me on Instagram at Phil A, P-H-I-L-A-Y-E, on YouTube, uh, Phil A Films Incorporated, uh, Twitter at Phil A Films, Facebook, Phil A Films, um, oh, Phil A Films dot com, P-H-I-L-A-Y-E-F-I-L-M-S dot com. And yeah. Hit me up, check out Black Sex in the City, and yeah. Let's come on, Akila and the B. Yes, <laughs> spell for the children. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you guys, that wraps up another episode of Gay Side Stories. Please remember to email any questions or suggestions to gaysidestories at gmail.com. If you like what I am doing here then please go over to apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and if you really love me then take a little bit more time to write a review thank you again for listening and also thank you to everyone who shares this podcast and if you have not or you are not then why not go ahead and share this show with a friend with a co-worker with a family member you never know who you might help out by doing that and it's not just me Remember, you guys, you can always find me on Ratchet Ramblings with my good friends and co-hosts, Jeremy and Candace, where we are discussing black reality TV shows. And to wrap things right on up, always remember to love yourself. And whether you're a top, bottom, verse, mask, femme, gender nonconforming, whatever it is you identify as, remember to protect your walls or they will what? They will crumble. I'm out of here. I will see you guys when I see you.
Well, you guys, that wraps up another episode of Gay Side Stories. Please remember to email any questions or suggestions to gaysidestories at gmail.com. If you like what I am doing here, then please go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating. And if you really love me, then take a little bit more time to write a review. Thank you again for listening. And also, thank you to everyone who shares this podcast. And if you have not or you are not, then why not? Go ahead and share this show with a friend, with a coworker, with a family member. You never know who you might help out by doing that. And it's not just me. Remember, you guys, you can always find me on Ratchet Ramblings with my good friends and co-hosts, Jeremy and Candace where we are discussing black reality TV shows. And to wrap things right on up, always remember to love yourself. And whether you're a top, bottom, verse, mask, femme, gender nonconforming, whatever it is you identify as, remember to protect your walls or they will what? They will crumble. I'm out of here. I will see you guys when I see you.